Welcome to Lonely Town, a Killers podcast with Derek and Jimmy. Today we're going to talk about Boy, the standalone single from the Killers, while apparently they're still writing their eighth studio album. And uh, we've learned that this song is the first song written for Pressure Machine, or the, the inspiration for Pressure Machine. And it didn't fit on Pressure Machine, so they saved it, and I can see why it doesn't fit on Pressure Machine. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't, don't overthink it, Jimmy. That's why I wrote down number one. Uh, the thing that came to me... Uh, we've heard about Boy going clear back to the, the first Pressure Machine, I think, when the songs were released. It wasn't a secret that there was this song called Boy. We didn't know if we'd ever hear it or not. We were hoping we would. We talked to people that had heard it, and it was just kind of that same thing of, yeah, it just didn't really fit. And, you know, what's that mean when you haven't heard the, the song or the lyrics or seen the lyrics, read the lyrics or heard the tempo? But now hearing it, I think we can all agree, yeah, it wouldn't really fit with... Uh, with Pressure Machine, I think they talked about trying to slow it down or, or rewrite it and just didn't structurally it, it work how it, how it is right now and it didn't work into Pressure Machine. But uh, the thing that caught my attention, and we'll get more into this, is, uh, and we've talked about this on the podcast a lot or when we're, when we're talking with our, our guests and things, they'll often say, what was it like growing up with Brandon Flowers? Or somebody will say, what was it like going to school with Brandon Flowers? What was Brandon like in school? Uh, something of that effect will always come up in conversation when you start talking about the killers and you grew up in Nephi. And uh, for the longest time, and what we've said on the podcast a million times of, if you lined up everyone in the school, we never would have thought he'd be a rock star, you know, and, and we'll say what our interactions were or how we saw him or how we thought he fit in and all that kind of stuff. I think Boy uh, not only explains what we were trying to say a little bit, but... I didn't know Brandon Flowers, the rock star. I never met Brandon Flowers, the, the rock star. Jimmy's never golfed with Brandon, the rock star. But we have golfed and talked with Boy. We know Brandon Flowers from this song. We know, we know this guy. Um, and I think some of the traits and the attributes that are talked about in here are things that popped off to my mind of like, okay, I can see that. That's, that's, that's kind of more the Brandon I remember than Brandon on MTV singing Mr. Brightside when everyone says, this is the same guy, right? Yeah. So, uh, first time hearing the song, that was kind of my takeaway from it is, okay, this is this is the Brandon, or at least he's singing and talking about the Brandon that we knew, or that lived in Nephi, and uh, when you go through and, and break down the lyrics and, and talk about it like we're going to do just uh, here in a second, that reflection to me was, okay, I get it, you know, I, I, this is the kid that we knew, and uh, we've looked at pictures and different things and, and stuff throughout doing this show, and you said, you remember this one, you know, and you'll show me a picture of Brandon or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's the, that's the Brandon I, you know, in my memory, that's the one I remember, or that we, you know, saw around school or whatever. So with Boy, that was that was my big takeaway. Is yeah, it wouldn't fit in Pressure Machine. Uh, he's talked about it was uh, coming back to Nephi. It was his first uh, song really that was going to inspire Pressure Machine, like he talked about, and it's about the guy that we knew. Yeah, and I think one of the things that first caught my attention on the song was the style of the lyrics and the delivery of the lyrics how it's just like a lot of these two word phrases just one after the other it's kind of like just throwing out ideas or images that just paint the picture of what he's trying to show or who he's trying to talk to of himself as a 16 year old kid and i don't i couldn't think of another song like theirs that's in that style usually it's more of like a prose written you know they'll tell a story or describe people but it's never like a two word description and then another two-word description you know a two-word description about the person and then a two-word description about the street and then a two-word description about the you know the traffic or the, the street <laughs> like so you picture a person and a place and where they're at 
you know, by these these little phrases rather than him just singing. There's, you know, I think about country songs and the stories that they tell. I was like, you know, there's this young boy and a young girl, and they're in a small town, and <laughs> he wants to go fishing with his dad, you know, stuff like that. It tells the story in a different way and uh, than that, and it's interesting to me. I, I think it lends itself to the, the danciness of the track or whatever. I don't know what to say. Like, the style, you know, just the, the quick beats and the electronic dance aspects of the song. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely got more of a traditional killer's feel, I guess you'd say. Uh, more of a up, up beat, up tempo, um, almost a disco tech song or something like that. But it, it's caught on, I think, you know, with, with the beat and with that. I've, I've heard it already at, like, watching football games and stuff, and they'll come back from commercial or go into commercial and they'll be playing boy. And I'm like, there's a song on a, a football game right now, uh, NFL or, or college, I don't remember which, you know, nationally being televised, and this song is about Nephi and Brandon <laughs> growing up there. But it's just, you know, they're playing the White Arrows part or whatever. Uh, one of the things that kind of just, I don't know, I, we, we don't want to break down line by line, obviously. That would take forever. But, like, uh, when he's just talking about that's just growing up, not really fitting in. And, again, we've talked to a lot of people, grew up at the same time. I don't think this was just a Brandon thing. I think it's probably a life thing when you're going through those teenage years and, like, no one feels like they fit in. Now, it might be more extreme in his case. Obviously, he, he ends up leaving for Vegas and, and all that story that we've talked about. But uh, when he was just talking about, hey, it's no big deal growing up, I think now he has kids of his own that are about that age. He's probably seeing some of the same. Hey, I don't fit in here. He moved from Vegas to back to Utah. I don't know if the kids are like, hey, we like it better there. Or we don't fit in here. Or maybe it's the opposite. We didn't fit in there. We like it better here. Either way, I think just going through your teenage and uh, those high school years, it's really weird because it's such a short amount of time, but uh, for whatever reason, those those years are pretty uh, significant to your life, and and you know some of the trauma and stress that goes there carries throughout the rest of your life, and it's only you know four to seven years if you go middle, uh, junior high to high school, but uh, it leaves a big big impact. Um, but yeah, when you just talk about it, it's just not it's not fitting in, uh, big deal, and then it's just growing up. So I think it's kind of reconciling. He's went back to Nephi. It's not that horrible place that he probably had in his head when he's sitting down just thinking through things of that's just growing up. Now he has a little more perspective of big deal, who cares, you know. But at the time, it was a big deal, and he had to get out because it, this this uh, town was kind of just collapsing on him and, and uh, not not the place for him to grow and develop to where he wanted to become. Uh, but, you know, going back and looking at it with a new set of eyes or, or you know, years removed, it's it's not that bad and big deal. Um so I kind of thought that, and then the uh, the 16, Untouched, or Untouched 16, I was just thinking about how dramatic of a difference uh, for somebody that didn't grow up in a small Utah community to one of the bigger, larger cities, and just, I mean, Untouched 16, it could mean a lot of different things, you know, but I'm, I'm taking it as like, it's not uncommon uh, for somebody 16, growing up in Nephi, at least when we were, to not have even had their first kiss yet. Like, I don't know that people would admit it, I don't know. You know, that kind of thing. And obviously, there's, I'm not saying that it's just a pure Mayberry town, but it would have been uh, unheard of for somebody to say, yeah, I'm, I'm 16 and never been kissed or whatever. You go to some bigger cities and stuff and some of the problems and issues they have. Uh, somebody not being kissed at 16 is about the bottom of the barrel, you know. So, <laughs> you know, it's just it's just different. And I think uh, the contrast of going to Vegas and being put into that lifestyle and what's going on 24-7 in that city versus Nephi. 
uh, not only just like uh, unkissed or whatever, but like the cities are so different and uh, untouched. Nephi, like Brandon's talked about, could have been out of the 1960s as far as things just hadn't really progressed to a point of, I don't know, the world hadn't really came into Nephi as much as you go to Vegas and it's top of the line, everything, everything's new, everything's fast, everything's, you know, this big billboard of commercialism or money or sex or drinking or whatever. You go to Nephi, it's not quite that. So it's, it's just a pretty, it's a pretty, uh, as far as two different places, you know, that, that I don't know that you could come up with two that were kind of, it's kind of the polar opposites, uh, but they work, you know, it works together. It's not one's bad, one's good. Some people like one way, some people like another, and I, I'm somewhere in the middle. You know, I like a little both. So uh, that was just the first kind of uh, breakdown on the lyrics. That's, you know, where, where my head went. Yeah, and I, I was trying to find it. I'll have to find it later. But when you talked about wrong fit, and it reminded me of a, an interview I found where Brandon talked about when he was in high school in Las Vegas and talked about some of the different groups and cliques that were there and who would come up and talk to him when he would wear a certain band t-shirt to school or something. And, you know, just thinking about, you know, just because he moved from Nephi. I mean, Nephi had cliques and groups and, you know, all those same things that, uh, you know, the same thing was in, in Vegas. It's not like he escaped... I mean, maybe he felt more at home there, and I guess that's as big as as big of being a fit as anything. But to to know that even if you you, you leave, there's still going to be places where you don't fit or groups that you don't fit in with. So I, I thought that was interesting to to hear about his that that brief glimpse into his time in high school in Las Vegas after he left Nephi. So I'll have to find that again somewhere. Those are those old ones are really hard to find because <laughs> they've interviewed a lot of times since then. So um, and then. Untouched for me, that that lyric just took me back to in Quiet Town about part of me is still that stainless kid, Lucky. And so when I think untouched, I think stainless, that, that same thing that we talked about when we went over that song, that there's kind of a bubble around Nephi and Utah. And you can easily be shielded from a lot of things in the world compared to a place like Vegas, I guess, like you said. Yeah, it's just kind of a microcosm of things like, you know, bigger high schools, bigger groups, more things like you're saying there's probably more chances to fit in with little clicks, but there's more clicks. And there's more, you know, groups and, and things to avoid or, or people that, I mean, just high school's rough no matter kind of who you are. I think even if you're having a good time, uh, there's there's different obstacles to go by. So uh, Nephi was just a smaller version of the bigger versions that are out there. And uh, kind of the same with the town. It's not a perfect town by any stretch. And if you listen to Pressure Machine, it, it clearly goes through some of our problems and some of the things that happen there. Uh, however, it's just on a smaller scale. I think Clint uh, Painter, when he was in here, was talking about uh, when he was talking with his uh, brothers in law enforcement that it's not that we don't have the same problems as these bigger places. It's just we're a smaller city, smaller community, so it's statistically less of our people get into those problems where you go to a bigger place. It's just there's more people doing that kind of stuff or, or bigger, you know, and, and we might be a few years behind. Whatever's happening there might take a little while to get to us, but it'll get there, and uh, good or bad. But it's, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting, uh, you know, like even when we talk to uh, Don and some of these people, they, they move away and they haven't been back in 20 years, but they still have memories from this time and some are good and some are bad. And uh, Brandon had came back for different things, but I don't know they actually came and spent time. So to come back and reflect on uh, your time, your feelings at that time and the new feelings and interactions that you're having where he says, I couldn't get away from Nephi. Like, I went back, and I couldn't, I couldn't leave, you know. And and uh, before the show, me and Jimmy were kind of talking a little bit, and uh, we were listening to that or talking about that aspect. 
And Jimmy's like, you know, isn't that that's true? That's true for all of us. Me and Jimmy are doing this podcast, you know, about the killers and, and Nephi because, you know, we we can't, we can't get away from it. We can't get away from Nephi. Not that we want to necessarily, but it's one of those things that once it's kind of in your blood, it's in your blood. It's kind of where you're from. I don't know what it is, but it's it's uh, a part of you. And so I, I find that kind of interesting. And uh, it's not just Brandon. We've talked to a lot of other people that have moved away. And they either move back or they get older and think those weren't so bad at times and kind of have almost a fondness of a thing that at one point they can't wait to get away from. So, and that might happen in other places. I don't know. I haven't talked to people in like Poughkeepsie, Iowa, or wherever the Poughkeepsie <laughs> is about how they feel about their small towns and if that's what happens. But I just thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah, whenever he, almost every time he talks about Nephi, or a lot of times I hear him talk about Nephi, I hear him say, I spent my formative years in a place called Nephi or a small town in Utah. And that word formative, you know, it's, you can't escape from <laughs> what formed you. And uh, whether you like it or not, like you said, a lot of those memories are formative memories and uh, where you figured out who you were or what you wanted to be or uh, what your personality was like. And he's explained this song is him talking to himself as a 16-year-old um, and also kind of talking to his son who's coming on that age. And where he says, head down, wrong fit, big deal. Um, you know, my first thought was, oh, this is a 16-year-old kid telling himself that, you know, this is it's not a big deal, you don't fit in, just... But I, I think it's more of the, the Brandon talking to himself, saying, hey, you're not fitting in, but it's not as big of a deal as you're making it out to be, maybe. I don't know, maybe, you know, because like you said, it happens to everybody. There's two things about, uh, I guess, two parts of the lyrics that I want to point out. Between give yourself some time and don't overthink it, boy, those are the two uh, main repeating parts for me that stand out to me. And... You know, I was trying to think, what does he mean by giving yourself some time? My first thought is don't be in a rush to, you know, feel like you have to leave. But at the same time, we've talked about how if he wouldn't have left, he, he wouldn't have become famous. And he probably just would have felt, continued to feel trapped. And I was thinking about how, you know, he, he went to high school in Vegas for two years. And during those two years, he didn't become famous, you know. He could have stayed in Nephi and finished high school before going to Vegas and becoming famous. Uh, but, you know, I don't think he would have been happy. <laughs> so I don't think he needed to leave before high school ended uh, to, to go out and be famous. Sounded like he was in a point where, I don't know. So that's that's where it's a little confusing for me, where he says, give yourself some time. Uh, I guess giving himself till he was 16 or until until he moved, it wasn't, he, it wasn't necessarily saying, you know, just write it out, finish high school, and then you can move wherever you want. That's not what he meant by give yourself some time, because... He left. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, it could be uh, reflecting back to giving the advice to his, to his own kid or somebody, or if he was to go back and talk to himself. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think the, the idea was to become famous necessarily. Um, I think it was just getting out and, and finding something new. I think he'd uh, obviously had an idea of Vegas in his head, uh, romanticized it to the fact that, I mean, if you watch The Killers now, it's a Vegas stage show that travels uh, worldwide, and, you know, it, and it's worked for him, and it's a good thing. Um, I think that phrase, though, of give it some time, is something that everyone should take into account. I know a lot of times when you start a new job or a new relationship or a new anything, at least for me, my initial thought is, oh, no, what have I got myself into? Uh, this, is, this is horrible. I made a mistake or uh, I'm overwhelmed or, you know, all these kind of feelings that come with that. And if you just think back, oh, okay, give it some time, give it a week or two, see what happens, maybe a month or two. And a lot of times it just sells out. You find that way, you figure things out, and you can get into a, uh, a spot where you can control or handle the situation. Or, you know, sometimes it turns into something that, you know, a new relationship can turn into 
long-term success, could turn into a marriage, could turn into lots of different things. A job could turn into a career. So I think that's just, you know, a lot of people overact. They get put in a bad situation where uh, this is the worst thing in the world and they don't give it any time and it's automatically shut down. And if you don't do that, I mean, if you shut down, it's automatically over. It's never going to get any better. Um, Your life is just horrible. If you give it a little time, it tends to work itself out and maybe you find new friends, relationships, new roads. You might end up in Vegas uh, doing what you want to do. I don't know. Maybe he did give it some time from the sixth grade till he did leave. I don't know. You know, I, yeah. either way, it's uh, it's not, not that horrible of advice to anybody to just, just give it some time. Now, if you're in a, an abusive relationship or something, uh, you know, of those, you know, uh, oh, he's, you know, it's good. Things are going to change. Just give it some time. There's certain things where that's bad advice and it's not going to change and get out of bad situations. If but you need to get out, get out. Yeah. There's certain times to get out. So don't think, oh, I listened to the podcast and the killers and they said, just stick it through and tough it out. Now there's certain times to get out, but, uh, you know, you're falling in quicksand. You don't just want to give it some time. Yeah. But relatively speaking, you know, if you're in a new situation or you get put somewhere, you move somewhere, your parents are doing something and, and trying to make you grow or get a job or whatever. Just give it some time, and usually that turns out to be uh, some pretty good experiences. And if not, you know, after a couple of weeks, couple of months, whatever, you'll know it's not for you, and you can move on to something else. But I kind of took it more that way. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, he didn't necessarily have to uh, go to Vegas. He could have moved down there after graduating and, uh, you know, form the band or, or whatever. But I think it all, I mean, he played the cards right because he moved down. He got the jobs where he got the jobs. He was looking in whatever papers and, you know, talking to the guy at the golf course that told him that he was going to go be a musician or whatever. And uh, growing up in Nephi, it never crossed his mind, which I totally believe. Because you don't grow up in Nephi thinking, I can go on tour and be famous. It's just, it doesn't really happen for anyone I've really talked to. Whereas down there, people are always chasing a dream and things like that. And it's built off of entertainment, the entertainment capital of the world. And so, you know, we're not criticizing you're saying Brandon should make different choices because obviously he played that hand perfectly to the point of where they're at today, I think. I, I don't know. Uh, but appears so. Appears so. I'm not try- we're not trying to criticize anything, but uh, there are different scenarios where it could have played out differently but still ended up the same, and, and that could have been one too. Yeah, it's just a little interesting to me, knowing that he wanted to get it out, and he did, to hear him sing to himself at that age and say, just give it some time. But I guess the, the line right before that in the chorus is, there's a place that exists, just give it some time. So, uh, you know, I think that could be a, a geographic location, a place, or, you know, just where you fit in. You know, eventually you'll, you'll find your place, you'll find your niche, you'll find your group, or uh, you'll find yourself. And I think, uh, for me, that's the only thing I can conclude about what that lyric means. So. Yeah, that could even been years down the road, like, give it some time, you'll end up in a band with a bunch of your buddies touring the world, doing what you never even dreamed of doing. I, I mean, you know... And you're writing songs about this experience in your life. So, uh, yeah, it could go a lot of different ways. Yeah, you picture him going back to Nephi around the pandemic times and and thinking about that place and how bad he wanted to get out of there and how, because he did, he ended up where he is. I guess that's just the surprising part for me is that that's what came out of it was the words, just give it some time. Maybe he was just impatient about, about something big happening for him. And, you know, once he left, he didn't, he went, he wanted to become a professional golfer, so he left. And he didn't become a professional golfer, but that wasn't the place for him, and it wasn't the time for him yet to 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 find what was going to be his thing. So there's a million ways you can dissect it, and that's the fun part. Yeah, that's my thoughts on those. Now let's go on to uh, the the White Arrows and Black Knights. One of the things uh, going back to to Vegas, uh, if you drive through Vegas at any time of the day, 
you know, even if you go out to Henderson or uh, Summerlin or some of these offshoot, uh, not offshoot, but kind of different community, smaller towns that all blend together, everything's Vegas, but they're, you know, almost suburbs, for lack of a better word. Uh, there's always lights. Like, you're driving out there, the casinos, there's neon lights, there's billboards, there's, you know, just lights. And it's just very bright. And I flew into Vegas a couple weeks ago at night, and you're flying over, and you're coming down, and you see, like, a glowing place in the middle of the desert. Or when you drive in, you come over uh, that hill coming down on I-15, if you're coming from Utah, and there's a certain point where you see, like, a glow in the horizon. There's a lot of electricity and stuff. Versus when you're coming into Nephi, especially back then, I mean, it's not much more now. we got street lights, and there might be a few signs off I-15 that are lit up, but uh, especially at night, everything kind of shuts down at a certain point, and it gets dark. And if you go out west or you go out, you know, in, in the canyons or the hills, uh, it's just, it's, it's very pitch dark. So uh, it is a very big contrast to, uh, to what's going on. You know, if you're from Vegas or if you're comparing life from, from Vegas to Utah or, or just telling this boy, like, these dark nights, and then he talks about uh, the white arrows that appear. But it's just, it is a pretty big, it, it's different. I mean, that's the only way to put it. It's, uh, again, it's polar opposites. Yeah, and my first thoughts when I heard the song, uh, you know, trying to picture what the white arrows meant, uh, you know, I was thinking about when Brandon left Nephi for Las Vegas, he got on, I'm sure he got on the freeway interchange, the southernmost exit in Nephi. But, you know, there, like any other exit, there's, or entrance to the freeway, there's signs that point you south, signs that point you north, that have, you know, it's on a green sign with white arrows. And on the road, there's a white arrow once you get in that lane to turn on to I-15. And, you know, it was, it's a common traffic thing. And so, you know, my first thought was, yeah, he's talking about, he must be talking about following those arrows out of town and pointing him to where he's trying to go. But when they had an Instagram Live at the beginning of, it, of August, he had the chance to explain what this was. And, you know, apparently that was a common interpretation of the lyrics. Because he, he said there was a confusion in the song about what the, what the white arrows are, if they, if they were like traffic arrows on the road. I guess that's what's the amazing thing is you could see that as some kind of arrow guiding you somewhere. For me in the song, it was such a stark contrast moving from Las Vegas to a town like Nephi. There wasn't even a stoplight when I was there. It was pitch black. When businesses shut down and the sun went down, it went down. Lights went out. And I was 16 and I didn't care about the stars. I was only thinking about the loss that I had because I wasn't in Las Vegas. I wanted those lights. And this idea of recognizing that there, are, that there are these arrows in your life that are going to be able to break through this blackness is kind of where, you know, that's kind of what boy is hinging upon. So I like the idea of thinking about what my arrows are. I didn't realize that at the time I had plenty of white arrows when I was a teenager. I had two parents that loved each other. I had a happy childhood. I had music. I had piano lessons. I had the time I would spend golfing and all that all of this stuff, things that I loved. Now it's become, yeah, he talks about his wife and you know, it's hard because this is a transcribed version of him talking. <laughs> but it says, white, white Arrows Now are of course my children and my wife and songs that we get to write and the performances that we get to be a part of. The stage has become a white arrow for me and I think looking for those things sometimes. I guess it's funny how I wasn't aware of them growing up, the ones that I already had. So maybe take stock of your white arrows or what you want to make your white arrows is the way that I see that. And when he talks about not caring about the stars, you know, I think about, I think about Pressure Machine where he says, sometimes I look at the stars, think about how small we are. You know, Brandon wasn't doing that. <laughs> he was looking at the dark thinking how small the place was, <laughs> not how small, you know, humans are, I guess, in the grander scheme. But it's interesting to, you know, it's a concept that he created that I never would have thought of on my own. So I'm glad that he clarified that for us and explained what it meant. 
Yeah, I thought the white arrows, first time I heard it, kind of similar to you. I thought it was just the lanes have the white lines, white arrows lead outside town, you're on your way. Um, I kind of like the message there of uh, you got the stuff in your life, it's your white arrows, focus on the positive, not the negative. Uh, as a kid, he was, you know, not seeing the stars, he wasn't seeing what he did have around him. I think we're all guilty of that, uh, probably more than on one occasion. That's a lot of times we look at what we don't have or what's not there instead of looking at, uh, look, I got this wonderful family that supports me. I got this music that I love. I got all this positive stuff. I, I think everyone's kind of that way of, I wish I had this. I wish I had a new house. I wish I had a new car, whatever that might be, a better job, more money. You go <laughs> down the list of everything. Um, but if we focus and look at these white arrows, as Brandon puts it, of the things that we do have and, and put that uh, into our uh, life that when the dark times come, and, and I think uh, Jimmy's going to talk about it here in a little bit, that those arrows can turn into something that you can uh, yeah, use to get you through some uh, negative times or some hard times, or yeah, he talks a little bit more about uh, what the arrows meant to him. He also did a, a small TikTok video where he was sitting in his car talking about Boy. He talked about how when they were writing Joseph, Better You Than Me, for their Christmas, uh, one of their Christmas songs, he was working with Neil Tennant from Pitch Out Boys, and just seeing the way Neil would, you know, they're talking about Joseph the Carpenter, and uh, so he would he would delve into, you know, the different tools that a carpenter would use, and you know the shavings that would come off the wood, and something that Brandon, you know, had never really done. He said, in his songwriting, was to delve that deep into a, a concept or a, a occupation or whatever. And so when he was writing the song about arrows, he was investigating archery and the different aspects of it. And so when he talks about home drawn arrows. Apparently, the, when you pull back the arrow, it's called the home position or something like that. I'm not an archer, but I've shot an arrow or two in my life, but <laughs> not from uh, some that our friends use for, for archery. But, and he, ta- he talks about picturing angels, you know, a bunch of angels with, uh, with bows drawn, uh, ready to shoot off these arrows of good things for your life or something like that. But shows some of the ways that he's evolved as a songwriter, some of the things he's picked up from other people. But it's a way to make the song deeper, but without him explaining it, I don't know what it means. So I'm glad he explained it so he could figure it out. <laughs> Moving forward, um, we got Heat Wave, Small Town, Only Diesel's Dance. And uh, I swear the first time when they did the song live <laughs> and debuted it, it was Only Diesel's there in the lyrics. I'd have to go back and re-listen to it. Uh, but, it was hard to hear what he was saying. But, but to me, only diesels there make a lot more sense than only diesels dance. Uh, because one of the things uh, about uh, Nephi that we've, we've covered is there's, there's two truck stops. or At the time, there were two truck stops. I think there's only two still. But we had a Flying J and the Circle C. And I worked at the Circle C. <laughs> and uh, the Flying J was like a big national uh, uh, place. And the Circle C was more of like a, a small mom and pop type, for, for lack of better terms. Not... Not a big uh, national chain. Uh, but there was a, I believe it was Entertainment Weekly article where Brandon was talking about growing up in Nephi like way back in the day. And it's one, I think it was Waddy sent to me, like mailed it to me. And he's like, what do you think about this? This is like pre, not pre-internet, but early, you know, like before you can just uh, clip and paste and send people stuff, I guess, digitally or I don't know. But basically Brandon talked about the small town they grew up in. It was almost, he was repressed to grow up in this small place. And the only place he could go get CDs was at the truck stop uh, of, you know, Flying J. And we had him at Circle C too. That's where I took Ombridge to. I was like, hey, there was, there was, you know, he kept down Circle C and get some uh, Highwaymen or some Johnny Cash <laughs> as well. But there wasn't a vast majority of, of options. And, you know, some of them had cassettes and stuff. And they were in those weird plastic holders so you couldn't 
shoplift them or whatever. But only diesel. <laughs> Gotta keep those tapes locked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those truckers, you can't ever be too sure. But uh, to me, in my mind, only diesels dance. I don't know. Maybe only diesels coming in and out, or I don't. In my mind, only diesels there make a lot more sense because, you know, this place is just for stopping through Ain't Nothing New or whatever that lyric is. It's kind of that same of only diesels get off the freeway to come here, they fuel up, and they get out. Like, uh, small town, it's hot. And to me, I like that because, you know, my backstory of, of working in some of those establishments and knowing some of those people, but uh, and having that backstory with the, the magazine article and stuff. But I thought that's still, still there. It's still there in his head of, like, this is just a... Uh, glorified truck stop, for for lack of a better term, of uh, the main reason it's here is just so diesels can fuel up and, and keep going to the more important bigger cities, and uh, it does uh, provide jobs and things for people in town. But um, that one just it kind of makes me smile. Uh, I did thought I did think uh, initially that it was uh, only diesels there. It doesn't really matter, but that was you know only diesels dance. It's kind of like a, what what's that mean? Yeah, and I think as far as sound goes, this song reminds me a lot or sounds the most to me like human. For me, when he says only diesels dance, it takes me back to human, where he says, "Are we human or are we dancer?" And all the different ways people have wondered what in the heck that means or if they were understanding it wrong because you know it was he was trying to get a point across. And it didn't make sense for a lot of people, just like White Arrows might not, if you don't know that, <laughs> the explanation. So uh, for me, it, it made me think about uh, high school dances and how most of us didn't dance. <laughs> we, the girls would go and dance, and we'd ask them on, on slow songs. But for fast songs, I was not a dancer. I'm still not a dancer. <laughs> I'm just human, I guess. But <laughs> And then when I think about Take Me to the Place Where the White Boys Dance, that song... The other killer song, I I'm not sure exactly what that means either, but those are the things that I thought of when I when I saw that the lyric actually was only Diesel's dance. And then that's juxtaposed with the, the next part where he says, these streets weren't meant to house jet fuel engine dreams. And of course that's uh, referring to himself and the aspirations that he had and, you know, jet fuel versus diesel. And, you know, there's obviously contrast there. Yeah, and I don't think he's necessarily wrong. And once again, when we were talking about White Arrows at the first... Uh, before he had those statements and stuff, I'm thinking of like airports and white arrows for for jets, you know, on takeoff strips versus uh, a freeway where you got you know diesels trying to get up to speed and stuff. It's just it's just a different uh, speed and pace of life, and I think that's uh, to some extent kind of what he's talking about. Vegas is very fast, jet fueled uh, engine dreams on every corner. You see people trying to make it big. You see people that have made it big. You see you know all sorts of different things. Where in Nephi, it's, it's a slower pace. It's uh, people aren't necessarily looking to become um, international sensations and, and multimillionaires. They're just looking to be steady and, and productive and have, a, have that kind of a life that comes with the small town. So, again, it's just it's just uh, the theme of this whole song for me is just that these places are could be more different, polar opposites. But, uh, again, works to make a beautiful song, a beautiful album. So Yeah, the one lyric that uh, kind of caught me off guard and that kind of concerned me is where he says, When you're out on a ledge, please come down, boy. And I thought... I hope he never felt that way. <laughs> but, you know, it's not necessarily that he's literally on the ledge, uh, but, you know, it's hard to say. Yeah, it goes into uh, some of the other Pressure Machine songs, too, where they talk about, uh, you know, some people that might have be uh, having, uh, experiencing, you know, suicidal thoughts or having a rough patch or thinking about, you know, the train's way out of life. Uh, it's kind of a theme that went throughout uh, Pressure Machine a little bit, and it might just be kind of where, where those came from. Of Sometimes you're 16 and... Everything's dramatic. It's never just everything's great or everything's uh, it's everything's great or everything's horrible. It's never just in the middle. You know, my life's over. I can't believe it. 
this is the worst thing that ever happened, or this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, my life's great. You know, kids are very that way. A teenage life is very that way, very emotional and stuff. So when you're out on the ledge, please come down, boy. Just just don't overthink. Just, you know, you'll get to that place where everything's fine. You'll find it. There's these white arrows are going to guide you to this place that exists. Just give it some time. I just quoted the whole song there. <laughs> it all makes sense if you go backwards, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is hopefully, uh, yeah, like you're saying, hopefully you never had thoughts of, of anything like that. And hopefully no one does. And if you do, please reach out and, and get help. It's, uh, it's, it's no area that you should be. And there are people that care about you. Those are your white arrows in your life. Remember that and uh, put them there. And when you get those tough times, call on those people and they'll be there for you. So there's one more thing I wanted to read, a statement from from Brandon. After this in Instagram Live, there was some press release or something they came out with that I think was run in a few different uh, publications where it said a lot of the same things, but I wanted to read it because I think it's, it's pretty clear about uh, the song's meaning. It says, this was the first song written after we had to cancel the Imploding the Mirage tour due to the pandemic. I had recently moved back to Utah and started to make trips to Nephi, where I grew up. I found that the place I had wanted to get away from so desperately at 16 was now a place that I couldn't stop returning to. I have a son approaching the age I was at the time in my life. With boy, I wanted to reach out and tell myself and my sons to not overthink it and to look for the white arrows in their lives. So again, it's it's cool to have another song thinking about Nephi and about that time growing up. And the hope is that they said this is kind of the the theme or the sound they're going to go with for the whole album. I don't know if we'll have more songs about Nephi. Hope we do. But it's a great song. I like it a lot. And I think it's it's been pretty successful commercially, which is good for them because then they'll keep making music. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the quickest uh, alternative to go to number one or their quickest alternative. I'm not sure which, but it definitely had uh, success in the charts and is continuing to do that. So that is a good thing. So I guess our final advice as we close is just don't overthink it and give it some time. Don't overthink it. Give us a, a good five-star rating and review. And uh, uh, that's another episode down from Lonely Town. <laughs>